Alright, hang on. Let me close a bunch of stuff here. And Misty, please ignore the email I just sent you. Uh, it's really easy to do. I ignore his emails all the time. <laughs> this is the AT Banter Podcast. A balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Uh, hey. <laughs> mother. I muted it. Time to get that blocker, Rob. <laughs> what the hell? It's uh, finally here. You it's s- finally here. The AT Badger podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bastard. Time uh, to get an ad blocker. <laughs> no kidding. Okay, well, I don't know. How are we going to do this? No, we're keeping like, that. Well, That's cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, hey. Uh, so let, let me just rant a little bit about uh, videos that autoplay on news sites. <laughs> Let's just start the, start the podcast the right way. Sure. Uh, it's ridiculous. Anyways. Uh, hey, my name is Rob Minot, and uh, joining me, as usual, the lovely Mr. Ryan Flurry. Good day, everybody. Um, it's another week. It's still 2021. It is, but January's almost over. The year's moving along. I can't believe January's almost over, actually. Uh, this year's already going by really fast. Yes, I'm looking forward to warmer weather. Although I shouldn't complain. <laughs> it's been like... Four degrees, six degrees. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? I had actually the same thought the other day, too. I was just like, I really miss the summer. Like, uh, I, I really want it to be nice and warm weather. I can go to my balcony, have a glass of wine after work, you know, that whole thing. But uh, it's just it's too, it's too damn cold still. But you're right. Like, we can't really complain because it's not like minus 30. Well, I was watching a news uh, news on TV last night, and there were some protests in Siberia, and it was minus sixty. Yeah, you got to really be angry at the government <laughs> to protest in minus sixty weather. Like that's lung bleeding weather. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I do think of that though. I mean, I grew up in a in a place where during the winter, like you had to plug your cars in. Yep, we to did keep, too. Growing to up. keep the engine, I guess, warm enough so it didn't freeze. Didn't think yep. anything of it because, you know, of course, you're, you're, when you grow up there, you don't think of anything of it. But holy crap. Like now that idea is just so foreign. Like, ugh, who wants well, to live there? Unless you live in those areas, then you're still doing it. But yeah. Well, kudos yeah. to you guys. <laughs> I often thought about that, too, growing up, though, I have to admit. I'd be like, I'd be walking to school and just be like, who the hell? What what people landed in this spot and decided, yeah, we can live here. Like, this is hospitable enough. Well, you know, we're so pampered. There was a couple weeks ago where it got, you know, cold enough here that I actually had to go outside and scrape the ice off the windows in the car so we could go pick up our groceries. It was like, 
here I am, you know, moaning about having to scrape the ice twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry to everybody who has to do it three times a day. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't miss that. I don't miss that at all. No. no. Um, uh, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Got some new audio gear coming soon. I Looking heard that cool. rumor. Mm-hmm. What do you? Mm-hmm. What'd you get? I got a ten-channel Allen and Heath USB mixer. Oh, really? And, and mm-hmm. Allen and Heath, I've never heard of that, but that's not surprising because I'm not a big audiophile. Is that is that a fairly good manufacturer? They are. They've they've been around for decades and have a pretty good name in the audio industry. Just like Soundcraft and Mackie, and you know, they're they're one of the big players as well. So I'm actually hoping this is going to be my first USB mixer. So I'm really hoping it's just going to be plug and play and work right out of the box. Well, our audience will be sitting on pins and needles waiting to hear the results, I'm sure. Well, they will literally hear the results <laughs> probably on the next week's podcast. See? See, this podcast is just so packed full of excitement, thrills and chills, people. I, I'm... So, hey, Ryan. Yes. Uh, I want to talk about what we're doing today. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm excited about this show. I really am. I was, too. You know, our guest today is someone who was probably a 10 or 15 minute drive away from my house. And I was pretty, pretty excited and interested to hear a little bit about her story and what she's working on. So our guest today is Jessica Rigonzowski. So Jessica is local. She lives here in Vancouver. And when she was 14, she started to get headaches and started to have some trouble walking. So her parents took her into the hospital where doctors did an MRI. And what they found was she had a tumor on her brainstem. And actually, these doctors actually gave her only six months to live. Jessica got through the brain surgery to remove the tumor uh, had to have radiation treatments and occupational therapy, physiotherapy. And she went on and she graduated high school and she had actually started college. Um, but when she was 19, she had another setback and had to have yet another surgery, during which that surgery, she suffered a stroke that actually left her paralyzed for months. And then she had to recover from that surgery again and again, go through months and months of rehabilitation. The reason I wanted to get her on the show was because of her her positivity, her attitude towards life. And she's also just written her first book that she released in December. And so we wanted to bring her on and give her some exposure to everybody. Yeah, I love I love her message. That's that's the thing I took out of both the article and, um, you know, what we talked to her about uh, about the book and the message of the book is it just it's such a great message for everybody it's a universal message it everything is about your attitude it was a real treat talking to her we had so much fun so a little later on we're going to run that interview uh but before we do ryan i have some stuff that i want to talk to you about all right well let's banter uh so we got an email which no i know this is crazy (laughs) okay so i have to say People who are listening, you make our week when you send us an email. We get so excited around here, and we've been getting lovely emails over the past few weeks. So thank you again to everybody who's been emailing. Uh, So this week's email comes to us from Stephen, 
who wrote a great email all about our little mini rant that we had the other week uh, about AT funding. It brought us some really good points. When we talk about you know, federal or provincial funding for, for assistive technology for people who need it, but we often think of it as, oh, this is an expense that the government should soak up, that the taxpayer should soak up. But really, when you, when you, when you frame it, it actually say, ends up saving money in the long run. Because when you're giving assistive technology to people who need it, who can then take that assistive technology and use it to be, say, become employed or to go to school, really, when you, when you frame it like that, it, only, it makes sense plugging money into programs that will, will help fund this equipment for people. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, he mentioned in, in the email, and we've talked about it in the past over the years as well, but, you know, you spend $1,500 on a screen reader for somebody who's blind, they go to school, they get a job, they become a productive tax-paying citizen. Yeah. That $1,500 screen reader is paying back so much more yep. than the initial outcost was to equip that person with that screen reader. And the same goes for people in mobility scooters or hearing aids. You know, you name the technology or assistive device. It doesn't really matter. It's all about becoming productive citizens and contributing back because I'd be willing to bet 95, 98% of us want to contribute back to society. We don't want to live off the system. Of course. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, of course. Framing it like that, I thought, I think was something was an aspect of it that we kind of missed in our conversation. I just wanted to to bring that up as well and, and have another little mini rant because we love little mini rants. This is just something that needs to to happen, and hopefully we're not too far off from getting some sort of a. Um, I think it needs to happen on the federal level because the trouble with with it happening provincially or if you're you know to our U.S. listeners, you know, I guess in, at the state level. It's just that it just, then it just depends on whatever state or province that you live live in and whether or not they can afford a program like that. And I know here in Canada, provincially, it's always just varied wildly depending on what province you are in. And I, and I, I feel like that's a, that's a problem. It, you know, it's great for people who li- happen to live in that particular province, but then, of course, anybody else, well, they're out of luck. So I think it needs to happen at the federal level. Yeah, and you know, there needs to be a lot of checks and balances, accountability put in place as well. You, know, you don't give you know, the, British, the British Columbia government, I don't know whether the number is $50 million for assistive aids, assistive technology for people. And then they use that money elsewhere. You yeah. know, there needs to be checks and balances and um, oh, reporting God. done and, and follow up. I would think that happens. You don't, you don't think that, man, that would be, that would, that's so weird. Can you imagine I, that if you're the province, you'd be like, oh, hey, thanks for the $50 million. Yeah, we're actually going to build a new stadium. I'd be willing to bet you it happens more than we think. Really? I feel like, Ryan, I feel like if you're in the States, I feel like you would, you would lock into some of these conspiracy theories. You know what's interesting is I was actually saying to my wife last night, I think, if if I had life to do over again, yes, with the knowledge that I have now, yes, I would have became, I think, a human rights lawyer. Really? Interesting. There would be enough work there for hundreds of lawyers for the rest of your life. You know, even if it's just website accessibility, you know, dealing with website accessibility complaints. 
you know, I had an example this week come up. I don't want to throw them under the bus. Well, it's okay. So, well, just don't name them. I had an example come up this week where I had an invoice I had to pay. Yeah. And I couldn't call them to give them a credit card number over the phone. And when they sent me the link to a website for a service they used for credit card payments, yep. that was not accessible. Really? And so I went back to them and I said, you know, this website's not going to work either for me. I'm blind and this, this just isn't accessible. So he came back to me and says, well, you can mail us a check. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, what, what part of blind don't you understand? Like, sure, okay, I can try to find my checkbook that I haven't used in 15 years. Um, I can probably get my wife to write a check and mail that out to you. But I don't write checks anymore. I haven't for a decade. So I actually had to get Steve to go in and pay the invoice. What? Really? Yeah. I couldn't do it. That's crazy. I that is crazy. That's a perfect example. Dude, you should... Well, see, now, if we were down in the States, that's. I feel like that's suable. You could actually have sued well, them for that. And that's what I'm saying. I should... If I could go back and live life over again with the knowledge that I have now, that's all I would be doing. That's all I would be spending my time on because there are so many holes in the system. It just, it floors me the more and more, I, I, the more and more websites I come across that yep. just don't work. Yep. It's frustrating. It is frustrating. Although I don't so know. So there's rant again. Although, dude, <laughs> I don't know, a lawyer, that's a lot of reading. That's a lot of work to become a lawyer. Oh, I know. I we, have a who's a, we have a client who's a lawyer that I do trading with. And yeah, I no, <laughs> not an occupation for me. But if you're if you're somebody who's listening to this and you're young and you want guaranteed income for the rest of your life, lawyer. Well, <laughs> well that's true. <laughs> we always will always need to sue the crap out of each other. That's right. And that's yeah, so frustrating, it's, it's, too, because. You know, you want to actually just pay them. Like, well, that's what I said to Steve. I said, I just want to pay these guys the invoice. Like, I want to pay you. I owe you the money. Let me pay you. Yeah. <laughs> but I, they, I just couldn't. <laughs> wow, that's nuts. Isn't it? That's yeah. a, and it's such a funny place to drop the accessibility ball too. Like, uh, in yeah, the, the payment cycle. Like, uh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's really weird. Man, if I had life to live over again, I don't know what I'd be. It's a good, that's a good question. <laughs> it's a good question for a different podcast. So, yeah, thanks again, Stephen, for the lovely email. And uh, I'm sure that uh, hopefully, hopefully Ryan's mini rant entertained you as much as the original <laughs> rant. That's right. Give us feedback, people. We love it. Yes. Hey, you know what? So you sent me a link the other day. You sent me a White House briefing that I noticed that they have now made a, a really big deal that the new Biden administration, they're really sort of leaning into accessibility and they are now, all the press briefings are now. There's people doing ASL as the person speaking is speaking. Yeah, which I thought was really interesting um, because even, even pre the dark times, I don't, I don't ever remember... And maybe I'm just not remembering this correctly, but I don't, I'm not sure that they really had ASL interpreters in press briefings before this at all. I don't, I, I didn't do enough research to say yay or nay. And hopefully some of our U.S. listeners will, you know, send us an email and let us know. Yeah. But from what I'm seeing and hearing on Twitter, 
this sounds like it's the first time in a long time the White House is actually pushing accessibility yeah. within their own house. Well, and I know that I've, I've watched sort of state press conferences before, and they always, they always tend to have um, ASL interpreters. But I've never seen this in a, in a White House and like a national briefing like this before. So I, this could be something that's new. And there's, there was a great article about that um, that was talking about how the fact that this is starting to happen brings the idea of accessibility really to the forefront on a national level. I think that whenever you're bringing accessibility into the forefront and putting it on display like this, it is important because it just, it becomes, accessibility needs to sort of bleed into the, the mainstream thought process. You know, my guess is that captioning isn't enough for everybody either. And that's why there are these people providing ASL during press briefings and other events that we see. Um, you know, I equate it to audio description for the blind and visually impaired. Yeah. You know, there's... There's world events that go on that we as blind people, we hear a lot of noise, maybe crashes, bangs, gunshots, whatever, but we don't have the context. We don't know what imagery is being displayed to us. And I'm going to throw a little plug out here to um, JJ Hunt and Christine Malik from the Talk Description to Me podcast, because that's exactly what they're currently doing. Hmm. They're taking world events and they're describing them in a podcast format. Oh, wow. JJ's been an audio describer for a couple decades now. And um, Christine is blind herself. If you're really interested in getting more context on some of the events going on around the world, like um, the George Floyd situation that happened, the, the storming of the Capitol, and other events, they're all described on this podcast. It's definitely worth your time to check it out. Hi everyone, this is Steve from Canadian Assistive Technologies and this is a shameless plug. We've been working hard to find less expensive Braille products so we can make Braille available for more people. We can now say that we have Canada's most comprehensive lineup of inexpensive Braille solutions including the 20-cell Braille Me from InnoVision, the soon-to-be-released 40-cell Orbit Braille display from Orbit Research, as well as the world's least expensive multi-line Braille reader, the Canute from Bristol Braille. You can have a look at them all on our website at www.canastech.com. All right, well, that's enough of our babbling. Uh, I really want to get to Jessica's interview uh, because uh, it was so fun. So without any further ado and bantering, uh, let's just roll that interview. All right. So Misty and Jessica, thank you so much for joining us this morning. My name is yes, Ryan. Thanks. So glad we can be talking with you guys. Well, we're excited to talk with you about something special that you've just released, but we'll get there. So joining me is my host, Rob Minot. Uh Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. And can you guys introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, my name is Misty, and I've been Jessica's friend and care aide for about six years. And I'm Jessica, and I just published my first look, my string fling, young love and living life to the fullest. And that's exactly why we wanted to have you on the show today. 
Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Now, oh, I have so many questions, but I'm fascinated by the book. Was was writing something, Jessica, that you were always interested in? Yes. I, I was actually studying creative writing in college, but then I got a brain injury, and I was forced to quit school and take care of myself to recover. And so what to talk to me a little bit about how the book came about. What what really prompted you to, to write this particular book? Well, I go to many brain injury groups and I noticed that there are a lot of depressed people on antidepressants and are pretty much like on low spirits. And I kind of thought, you shouldn't be the trust this isn't the end. It's just a bump in the road. So I started writing a story about a girl needing a disabled boy with that's kind of like a hot tea. And that's something I wanted to ask you about, Jessica, is you have a quote here that was in the Tri-City News that says, live life to the fullest. Life will always go on. This is just a bump in the road, like you just mentioned. Where does that positivity, that attitude come from? Uh, I guess I was always positive. Always positive, but always uh, ambitious and when I saw the trust people I was like wow that's that's not very positive let's turn their uh, negative thoughts into positive thoughts so what do you do when you have a bad day when I had a bad day um <laughs> <laughs> Eat lots of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> lots of chocolate and stay in bed. That's excellent. Excellent. It is very true, though. Um, you know, it's like that old saying goes, you know, your your attitude determines your altitude. And, you know, and, you know, things are what you you make of it. So, so these experiences that you had in, in the support groups, were you kind of like, oh, you know what? I need to, to sort of channel the positivity that I feel into something that I can send a message to other people who may be in similar situations? Or what's, what's sort of the, the underlying message that you really wanted to send with the book? Um, that when that happens in life, it's not the end. You keep going and you gotta somehow manage to turn the negative into a positive. Don't give up. Talk to me a little bit about that attitude and the book in particular, because how long did it take you to actually write the book? Well, it, since I'm a perfectionist, 
I wrote it and edited it a lot, lots of editing. So it came to around seven years. And and w- so were there times within that seven years even that you were just like, you know what, maybe this is just like maybe this is just not worth it did was there ever any points sort of some low points when you were writing it where you almost gave up definitely i did got i got lots of negative like uh, comments on it and i was like that's it i'm done then my sister, Malvina, would always think, go on the computer and continue writing. My sister always encouraged me not to start writing. Not to. So what was the writing process like? Like, would you say sit down for certain times during the day and work on the writing? Or did you just sort of write as you were as you were feeling it? Well, I got lots of issues with my eyesight. So usually I try to do one hour a day because the doctor says don't strain your eyes. So I try not to overdo it. But yeah, around one hour a day. I noticed that your book is available in paperback. Do you have plans to make like a Kindle edition or some other electronic format? I'm thinking about it. Well, and that, that leads me to, to an interesting question too, because um, as somebody who's, I don't know, it's always been my dream to sort of write a book as well. Uh, but I just, I, I spend too much time in bed eating chocolate, but, (laughs) but, but, uh, but what, what is the process like to get a book published? Like how challenging was that? Oh, oh, so hard. Cause at first I wanted a, a traditional, getting published traditionally, but I got lots of no's and lots of agents said no way. And really? so I decided to go with a publishing company because it's a quicker process. And like, how long was that process? Like, how long did it actually take? Was there a lot of like back and forth? And how long did you have to pitch the book before you actually got it published? Well, I... I know a guy, Michael Koss, he published a book with the same company, so they already kind of knew about me, so it took about four months, three, four months. And actually, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned him because in the other article that I was reading, um, you actually credited him and his book as part of the inspiration to write your own. Can you talk a little bit about that and what what it, what is about his book that really that really inspired you? Well, I do love the subject of his book, but namely he basically showed me that it's possible at first I thought it was something that was almost impossible to do but when 
Michael Cross got published. I got. I knew I could do it too. If he can do it, I can do it. And see, the wonderful part about that is that, you know, he sort of inspired you and then you in turn will maybe inspire somebody else. And it just, you know, it pays it forward and it, it really creates a, a little bit of a domino effect for a lot of people. Yeah. Part of the reason why we, we thought it was really, you know, we really wanted to have you on the show was, you know, that message that you were talking about at the, at the core of the book and, and at the core of your story is so important for so many people all over the world who, you know, have to deal with issues that come up and, and have to go through processes of, of huge adjustments. People who, say, lose their vision or have brain injuries. You know, this, this message is, is so simple, but it, it is so important. And it can be really hard. The book is, is so important because it can really show people that other people are going through these things and have rallied and work their way through them and continue to rally on a daily basis. Yeah, it was way easier than I thought it was. Publishing, I didn't even need to leave the house. We did everything <laughs> through email and Zoom meetings. And chocolate to get you through. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, how has Jessica and her story impacted you? Um, it's just solidified knowing how determined she is when she when she puts her mind to something, and I'm just really proud of her. Yeah, you know, we've been doing the podcast starting our sixth year in May, and we speak to people with various disabilities from all over the world. And the common thread I think we take from all these human interest stories like yours, Jessica, is perseverance, encouragement, yes. um, positivity, um, the support of family and friends um, is so important in order to be successful. So we give you and your family and you, Misty, a lot of credit for seeing this process through. And, you know, I wish you all the best. I live in Coquitlam as well. And so, like I said, when I saw it in the Tri-City News, I had to have you on the show. Yeah, well, it was very exciting. And when I told her, she was quite ecstatic. So <laughs> it, was a, it was a nice surprise, but she was definitely looking forward to doing this interview. So have you already thought of your next book? Uh, well, right now I'm not in any rush. <laughs> Though I did think about it. But if I do, it'll probably be in a, I don't know. She's just no riding rush. the wave right now and enjoying. <laughs> yeah, right now <laughs> enjoying I the success. Enjoying the knowledge. Yeah, yeah I, can, I, can totally, I can totally understand that. I have two last questions, Rob, unless you have anything else you want to cover. No, you go for it, sir. Okay. So the first question, Jessica, is dark chocolate or milk chocolate? <laughs> I like milk chocolate, <laughs> but I heard dark chocolate is healthier. Yeah, that's so <laughs> I do try to mix it up. <laughs> <laughs> And my last, my last question for you is, what is the message you would like to leave our, our listeners with? Don't never give up and always love.
don't don't give that to always keep living life and no matter what happens always like use what you got yeah <laughs> use what the universe has given you wise words very <laughs> Well, Mr. once we get through this pandemic, let's meet up for coffee sometime. Sounds great. Uh, Misty and Jessica, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yes. It was an absolute delight talking to you. Uh, listen, we'll have you on for the next book. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank right. you. Thank you. So thank you. Thanks, guys. See, I, I'm telling you, I, uh, this is the best show we've done in a while, sir. Well, you know, you and I have talked about these types of shows since the beginning, and I lean into these human interest stories because yeah. they're they're not just warm and fuzzy, but you always come out of them feeling better. Yeah. And, you know, I know there's so much more in the world to talk about, but I think Jessica was a, an excellent guest. I'm excited for her book. I'm proud to see people overcoming their barriers or making the best of the cards they're dealt mm -hmm. and still maintaining that positivity. It, it just, it makes my day. Yeah. You know, what was interesting too, is when she was talking about the support group and how that that's a, the experience in the support group really mm -hmm. motivated her to actually write the book and really sort of spurred her own attitude on because she was looking around at the different people and seeing so much depression and seeing people like just having trouble dealing with that. And like, honestly, like we, we talk all the time about how the grieving process, when you have a big life change, like say you're, you're, you do, you do, you are losing your vision or you do have a brain injury or whatever the big, the big event is, it is a real grieving process and it's hard to do. I mean, Ryan, you went through that yourself. So you, you very well know what that process is like and how hard it is. And, yep. you know, you don't want to minimize that. But like, I don't know, Ryan, do you wonder, like, what if you'd met Jessica, like the year after your accident? You know, there's many times throughout my, well, I don't know, since 1995 when I lost my sight, I've been blind longer than I actually had sight. But there's many times that I've looked back at the guests that we've had and how things may have changed in my life or in my journey as someone who's blind, if I would have been plugged into the different opportunities such as you know we've mentioned before you know bc blind sports or other organizations than cnib nothing against cnib they got me my braille they taught me how to use a cane you know those were great experiences but i, I could have gone the other way i could have kept my hatred i could have kept hating life i could have isolated myself from the world and just lived as a miserable bastard. But, you know, I had the support of family and friends and another blind guy who was in a similar situation 20 years before I was, who kind of became a mentor. And just his success and his attitude. And again, like I said, the support and encouragement of family and friends made all the difference in the world. First of all, what I have to say is that it's like uh, Louise said last week to you, sir. It's never too late. We're, <laughs> we're going to get to that tandem bike. 
You know how expensive those are? Actually, no, I don't. But <laughs> we'll steal a we'll steal a tandem bike. How's that? Uh, we will get no. We should we should totally do this. Me, you, and Steve. We should we should all pitch in and get a tandem bike and uh, just do it, man. Just do it. You know, there's so many things in the Lower Mainland here that I would love to take advantage of, but. A, I'm lazy, and I've never taken, <laughs> I, you know, to be honest, I've never taken orientation and mobility training here in the Lower Mainland. I lost my sight in Kamloops and can get around Kamloops just fine with a cane. But the Lower Mainland scares the snot out of me. Yeah. It's noisy. There's so much traffic. I don't know the bus systems or the SkyTrain system. But I would love nothing better than just to, you know, throw the bike on Steve's van, mm-hmm. you know, head down to the Stanley Park seawall and go for a ride. Yeah. Yeah, we should you do know, it. We should do it. The growth. Gross grind is on my bucket list, and I haven't done that yet. Dude, no, don't put that on your bucket list. That's <laughs> no, it's on my bucket list. I'm going to do serious? it, damn it. <laughs> well, listen, hey, if Blind Beginnings ever decides to, that they're going to do that again, I will dial you into that. I'm sure they'll they'll let you tag along. But, dude, that is – okay, well, you know what? I'm not going to discourage you. I don't, I've done it twice in my life, and that was enough. And I, I'll have to at least do it once to say I did it. All right. Okay. I'm, t- I'm telling you. Okay. Yes, you should. You should, right? Do it. Just don't yeah. make, don't ask me to be your sighted guide. Cause I don't know, man. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could survive that thing again. Well, I'll get Steve to be my sighted guide and you and Rick can be the encouragement. I, me and Rick will meet you guys at the top and have drinks ready and an ambulance. That works. Yes. So anyways, to back to the topic. So it's funny, even early on in this podcast, you know, when we first, we and we tell the story all the time. I'm sorry to everybody who's like a longtime listener and we're just repeating ourselves. But, you know, when we first started this podcast, we were just going to be an AT, another AT related podcast. And very quickly, we, we just became so endeared to talking to people in the community and hearing their stories. It's so much more rewarding. It, it, it just, it, it means so much to both us and I th- and hopefully our listening audience when we hear stories like this. You never know who is listening, right? So it may not be everyone's cup of soup, but it might reach that one person yep. who is just having a really crappy day and just needed to hear what was said. And exactly. And that's the really big takeaway. You know, that's my hope is that somebody else who's going through a similar situation you know, we'll hear this story and go, yeah, you know what, my, I, can, I can respond to this situation. I can, I can choose. Like, I can't choose what's happened to me, but I can choose how I react to it and what I'm going to do from here on in. And that's the big takeaway for this. And I'm sure that that's the, you know, the takeaway that, that Jessica is hoping for the message of the book. And that's certainly what we want for the message of this podcast. If you, if you pick up anything else off this podcast, that's a big message that I know I speak for myself that I hope people take away. You know, I'm, I'm so glad we didn't just stick with assistive technology. I'm glad we're able to mix these human interest stories in with the news releases and the products that are available and the funding and and everything else that goes along with it, because there's, there's other podcasts for that. If that's what you're into and that's fine. But for us, these human interest stories are the most meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to remind everybody too, uh, we will certainly link to Jessica's book down in the show notes. Look it up. 
if, uh, if you don't have the show notes handy, it's My Spring Fling, Young Love and Living Life to the Fullest. Uh, go look it up on Amazon.ca. Buy the book. Support this young writer. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. And if you don't have any friends, then just buy three copies of it. Then tell us, because we're your friends. Hey, Ryan. Yes, Rob. Uh, where can people find us? Well, I'm going to mix it up. They can find us at atbanter.ca. Wait, can they? They can. Did they you? always have been able to. Really? We're a Canadian podcast. Okay. Well, ca.com. <laughs> exactly. Dot biz. I don't know. No, no, dot, no, no, not, no. I can't even say dot biz. No dot biz. atbanter.ca or atbanter.com. Perfect. And uh, they can also send us wait oh yeah right <laughs> you completely derailed me with dot ca completely <laughs> told you we're changing the show this year yeah okay fine um they <laughs> they can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell at atbanter.com they can also leave us a message on facebook instagram they can send us a tweet on twitter that's right and yeah and yeah. if they are looking for assistive technology, yeah. they can also look up Canadian Assistive Technologies at www.canastech.com. Wow. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com. Good job, sir. Doing uh, our best. Yep. That is going to about do it for us this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening in. Big thank you to Jessica and Misty for joining us. And... We will see everybody next week. Bye-bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com. Or call us toll-free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. 